It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Boy, wild ride <laughs> to get to this moment. Um, just quick behind the scenes, me running around with my uh, like a, a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, I sat down to record the podcast on Sunday for Monday show when you're listening to it now, and my computer died. I've been battling with it for six months or so, so I ran over to Best Buy and got a new one, and I'm going to be honest, I really just hope this records and works because I kind of did it all in a hurry. So we'll see what that looks like. If it sounds wonky, I'll get it fixed. This is just kind of, um, we, we, we got to do what we got to do. Uh, obviously, a lot of A-Day. We'll chat with Lindsey Crosby, our, uh, you know, our regular Monday guest. We'll talk a little Auburn baseball, but I'll get his thoughts on A-Day as well since that's obviously the, the big story coming out of the weekend. Uh, but the other big story coming out of the weekend, we'll touch on this real quick. Congratulations to Auburn women's golf. They won the SEC championship in a year where we're not winning a whole lot of things uh, on the plains. Congratulations to um, to these ladies. So they uh, they defeated Mississippi State five to nothing in the finals of the SEC women's golf championship. And I think that's great. I think that's great. And it sounds like it was a, a comeback. So that is awesome. Congratulations. It's the 10th league championship for the Tigers. And it's the first one since 2012. And it's the first for our current coach, Melissa Lullen. So that was awesome. That was awesome. Congratulations. All right, let's talk a little A-Day. Let's talk a little A-Day. First thing I noticed, and I'm just going to kind of go with my notes that I, you know, I wrote things down while watching the game. I'm just flying with it. This is just the order, you know, train of thought kind of thing going here. Tank Bigsby looks absolutely jacked. Looks like, you know, I mean, he didn't look like a freshman last year, but, I mean, you always see these guys with their bodies have that biggest jump from their freshman year to their sophomore year, and Tank Bigsby looked absolutely jacked, and obviously he was the uh, the offensive MVP, but a lot of that had to do with one run. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, it's always a big story of who's not there and who wasn't there on Saturday. Alec Jackson, of course, Auburn's, we thought, starting left tackle. Zevion Capers, wide receiver, we knew that. Jay Hardy, we, I think we knew that. Marco Domeo, it seems like he's always out. And T.D. Moultrie. So, to me, Alec Jackson was the biggest shock of all of those guys. And it was um, it was kind of the, the, the big thing at left tackle. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So, who's actually like... Got a chance to beat out Alec Jackson. So Austin Troxel got the start, and I think Austin Troxel looked good at times. And then Killian Zaire, they both rotated 
in and out. So that was good for those guys. Um, you know, I'm high on these Juco guys. That is not the Juco tackle that I was pumped about, but that's okay. Brendan Coffey's just chilling, waiting in the wing. He's ready. No, Killian Zaire. I think Trox will look better of the two of those that got um, some playing time at that left tackle first team slot. Caleb Johnson, he got a lot more reps with um, with... Handy and Moultrie being out, which is exciting. And then, of course, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the big thing. That was kind of the big thing there. So let's move on. Uh, love the poise of Harson. Even I mean, he, he's just so cool. Brian Harson's just such a cool dude. I want to hang out with Brian Harson, and I just want to hear him talk to me the whole time and fire me up the whole time. I mean, you know, even the the pre-game or pre-scrimmage, pre-8-8 interview that was on the ESPN Plus broadcast where he's standing at the microphone with his sunglasses on and, you know, his, his you know, sweats and stuff. It's like, man, Brian Harson, you're so cool. I want to be you. I want to be Brian Harson. You know what I mean? Dudes watch Brian Harson like, I want to be Brian Harson. I don't know how many people looked at Gus and was like, I want to be Gus when I was on. So, um, I, I love Gus. That's just, that's just, I love the poise. Love the poise of Harson. Um... Yeah, then the opening kick, Tank returned it for a touchdown. He had trouble catching the kick, and then they just didn't tackle him, um, which is very clear as we saw more and more of those kickoffs that they were not tackling the kick returners, which makes sense. A lot of injuries can happen there. Not worth it. And then San Andreas mentioned it, um, one of uh, our very active Discord members in the Locked On Auburn Discord. He talked about, you know, he likes the idea of knowing what it feels like kind of to break free. And I'm, I'm, I think that's a good point. That is something that I haven't really thought about. Derek Hall got a sack on the first third down. I liked that. I thought that looked really, really good. And then what Oscar Chapman punted first, but he was with the second team offense. So I don't know if that means Aiden Marshall's the guy because he punted with the first team offense. I don't know. I don't know. And, and listen, guys, uh, I mean, he booted it 54 yards. I mean, it was very nice. Very nice punt. And... We're going to talk about a lot about A-Day, right? We're going to talk a lot about A-Day today. We're going to talk about it probably all week. We're going to hear about Char- hear about it from Charlie Five tomorrow, yada, yada. I mean, you can you can really overhype A-Day if you want to, but I'm really not going to do that here. I, I, I want us all to just, we can talk about it, but there are very few things that I saw on Saturday that I think matter long-term. Like, I, I think Troxel being the, the the most likely guy to start at left tackle outside of Alec Jackson, like, I think that matters. I think, it, th- to me, that was the most important thing from Saturday. A lot of people want to talk about Bo Nix, and we'll talk about Bo Nix. My opinion on what Bo Nix did on Saturday is not going to be as popular as, you know, some of the fun, oh my gosh, it, it, it's, he's ready. He, it, this is his time. You're not going to get that from me. I think you will get that from some people, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The first throw with the starting offense was to a tight end. Under center speed sweep motion to Tyler Fromm. I absolutely loved that. And then they hurried up to the line, and then they ran a play out of shotgun. And I think that's a very clear picture of what you're going to see with this offense in 2021 under Harson and under Bobo. You're going to run a ton of different things and you're going to do it all well. And you're going to make the defense make decision after decision after decision quickly on what they have to do on any given play. 
And when you make college defenders uh, make decisions over and over and over and over again, they're going to make mistakes. So I think that's important. And I thought that was really a clear picture of what we're going to kind of be looking at. And I mean, we've, we've talked about it before too, a lot with, with Jay Ferg, right? As far as like what that looks like, as far as the multiple stuff. And I think that's exactly what it looks like. And to me, that's, um, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. All right, uh, more 8A thoughts coming up in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at, yes, you know it, betonline.ag, the best place to bet on all of your sports action, no matter what kind of sports you want to bet on. They have all of it, absolutely all of it. So they even cover a reality TV show. They've got a casino as well. They've got all kinds of stuff, seriously, all kinds of stuff. So go to betonline.ag to see all of the news and scores and odds, as well as you can uh, create a free account. Uh, just go to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, uh, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, moving on. Gosh, I hope this all records. (laughs) This new weird... Weird setup. Hey, we're doing some really cool stuff uh, on the NFL side of the Locked On Podcast Network. Starting today, the Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the uh, NFL Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about live day one draft day coverage. We'll do it better than anyone in the business. I guarantee you that. Um, Tank fumbled on the first drive. That wasn't great. And that was kind of the only knock against Tank Bigsby coming out of high school, right? Was he had fumbling problems. And so, is that a big deal? I don't think so, but just worth noting. The second team defense was beating the first-team offense consistently, especially at the line of scrimmage, which I guess isn't a surprise. The I guess the whole thought process with all of that is the drop-off on, you know, from the edge defenders and the defensive line from first-team to second-team on defense isn't drastic, and that's a good thing. I mean, like, J.J. Pegues was in there really pressuring those starting guards, and I think it's good for the defense. I think for the offense, it's like, eh, usually, you know, the, the first-team offense kind of has their way with the second-team defense, and that wasn't the case at all. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that both the first-team defense and the second-team defense, they looked really, really comfortable with this scheme. They were lined up in the right place, it seems like. I'm sure Derek Mason's going to find a lot of things to point out on film and say, hey, you did this wrong. But I was really impressed with what it looked like. I mean, 
I thought there would be growing pains there. And, and obviously there, there are some things they're going to have to fix, but I thought it looked really natural. I thought it looked really, really good as far as, you know, some plays they'd have two guys down and, you know, they'd have those outside linebackers walked up and then they transition it fine to having three guys with their hand on the ground. I loved it. It looked really, really good and it looked really, really fun. And it's going to be cool to see which fronts they use more against specific teams. And that allows you to do more and more things and allows you uh, as an opponent to, to have to prepare for more things. So I thought that was awesome. Um, okay, first team defense. Love how they play close to the line. Contact. Yeah, everybody's hitting somebody on every single play. Yeah, that is that is what I wrote down there. Um, Elijah Canyon, uh, he seems to be the number one receiver in this offense based on Saturday. And I'm okay with it. Justin Ferguson said, you know, in his Auburn Observer newsletter, highly recommend it, Ferg Friday. He, uh, one of his takeaways was buy stock in Elijah Canyon. And I'm right there with you. He looked great. He looked so good. I mean, he has picked up right where he left off with what he did in the bowl game against Northwestern. Looked so good. And then also, I think Javaris Johnson, to me, looked like he was the second best receiver in this offense. They tried to involve Kobe Hudson. He is a very natural wide receiver, but it sounds like he's been a very inconsistent wide receiver. He need, you know, he had that drop. A lot of people kind of, you know, called me out on that in the Discord and on Twitter for that drop, and I think that's fun. I think it's great. Um, but he's got to get better at that. So that that's one thing. I I I I obviously I spent a lot of time watching Kobe Hudson. I really I'm high on him, and it, partially for the bit of this podcast, but also I think he has a really special skill set. And he was really willing to block on screens for Johnson. I love that. And, you know, in the in the old regime, that would get you on the field. I don't know if that gets you on the field anymore. It might. But, like, with Shedrick Jackson and Devion Capers, like, what, is, what does that look like? You know, it's just as far as the pecking order of the depth chart. So, I was disappointed with Kobe Hudson, but once again, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. We knew he was inconsistent going into it based on how Brian Harson talked about it. And so that's, that's where we are. I think we saw proof of that on Saturday. And that, I guess that's a good thing. But Javaris Johnson and Elijah Canyon, I was very, very impressed. If I'm Zevion Capers, I am super mad that I had to miss spring due to rehabbing from an injury. Because he has taken your job, dude. I, I am blown away by Elijah Canyon. And now here's the question. Why, where was he last year? I know Auburn had so many receivers, but man, they found a way to get Capers on the field. They found ways to get Kobe Hudson on the field. You're telling me you'll give J.J. Pegues four or five touches but not throw it to Elijah Canyon based on what we've seen? That's crazy to me. I mean, that is just wild. But we're in a different era. We are in a different era now, and that's okay. That is okay. All right, coming up, but we should be joined by our own Lindsey Crosby in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Hey, I want to talk about just for a second the awesome customer service that this company has. So I talked about how I ordered some Built Broth. Um, I guess it was probably about a week ago. And it had some issues, and it doesn't sound like it was their issue. It sounds like it was the U.S. Postal Service's issue. 
but they got notified, I guess, with tracking numbers, realizing I haven't gotten it yet. And so they, they sent me a coupon code. They're like, hey, so sorry. We really appreciate you as a customer. Here's more, you know, discount codes for stuff in the future. You should get it on, you know, uh, it sounds like I'm getting it uh, uh, tomorrow. So, but I, I just want to shout out there uh, for, as a company, you don't see that a lot anymore. Yeah, you definitely don't see it as much as you should. But uh, their, their main product is Built Bars and uh, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Very high in protein, very low in sugar, very low calories, and they look and taste like a candy bar. That is their thing, and that is absolutely true. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, for 15% off. That's at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We're now joined by our own Lindsey Crosby, as we are every Monday at this time, to talk a little Auburn baseball, and uh, we may not talk baseball for too long, because it makes me sad, and it's disappointing, but we lost to Alabama uh, over the weekend, and I hate losing to Alabama, Lindsey. I don't like losing to Alabama in anything, um, but especially not the sports that I really care about. That that was tough. All three of them were one-run one games, and as is characteristic for this season, we lost two of those three. We're actually two and eight in one-run games in conference play. If you if you were curious, that is the worst record in the SEC as far as uh, it's just very unlucky season for us this year. I mean, it, it, it at this point it is just unlucky because you can't you can't just lose by one in ten or in eight conference games like you said and be like an awful baseball team. So. At some point, like, I know there's a lot of people very frustrated and they want to point to someone, but, I mean, it's crazy how bad we are in one-run games. It's crazy. Yeah, and a lot of it goes back to the bullpen. I mean, and I, and I feel like it's the same thing I talk about, each, like, every week, but we don't have enough depth in the bullpen of guys we trust to come in, you know, and not not give up a couple runs. Like, and Saturday's game is a perfect encapsulation of that. Uh, you know, Gonzalez doesn't go very deep, gives up three runs and one and a third. Trace Bright gives up two runs and one and two thirds. Peyton Glavin, three runs of shutout ball. And then Carson Skipper, two thirds of an inning, three runs. Mason Barnett, an inning and a third, two runs, including the walk-off. And so it's just something where you combine not having enough death in your bullpen with some bad luck and you end up being too intended. This was a, if this was MLB, You'd have 162 games. This luck would even out over the course of the season, and you would be somewhere around 500 in those. Um, but in a 40-game college season, you just don't have time for that. And so, you know, we are 2-8 and eight in one-run games, and then even if we win all the rest of them going forward, it still won't be great. Um, yeah, I, that's it, pretty much about it for this season. Yeah, it makes me sad. Let's not talk about it anymore. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Saturday. I know you watched Day Day. I'm sure you watched it closely. What did you think of the offense? So, I mean, I was really impressed with, with Bo Nix. I mean, you know, this is the year. Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. I mean, he's focused. He's having fun. And 
I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's what a lot of people are saying, no matter where you look. I, I, I'm glad you bring up Bo Nix, um, because a lot of people have that opinion. A lot of people are going to be very pumped with what they saw on A-Day, which is interesting, because like his numbers weren't great. They were fine, and a lot of people talked about his decision-making was better, and I think that is true. But, and I touched on this earlier, Lindsay, but this is this is not going to be a, 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 a very popular opinion for folks listening to this. But there's a lot of people saying that he looks so much different, and he stepped into his throws a little bit more. But like, I still don't think he looked that much different than he has in his first two years at Auburn. Yeah, mechanically, I mean, like you said, there were some some small adjustments. You know, not bailing out of the pocket so early and stepping into his throws versus the back foot thing. And I think part of that is the fact that it's spring. And like he knows they can't touch him, they're not allowed to touch him. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, and and then also I think that he's playing the you know the second team defense. You know he's not out there against our our top of the line guys. He's out there against the second team, which is still a really good defense, but, but not. And he, but he's not you know, killing not to the caliber where he has to worry about it. He wasn't running away with. Yeah, it's, it's not like they were scoring at will. I mean, they struggled against the second team defense at times. Yeah, you know he had. He had two of those incompletions were dropped, and he had a near touchdown broken up. But, I mean, yeah, his numbers aren't going to convert any skeptics. They're gonna, if, if you didn't think Bo Nix was the guy going into Saturday's game, you're not going to come out of Saturday's game thinking Bo Nix is the guy. Yeah. You know, he didn't do anything to convince you otherwise. Yeah, and please, I mean, like I said countless times in the first, you know, half of the show, what happened on Saturday really doesn't matter. There's few things that I think you can take away from Saturday that actually – matter. So I think Bo Nix could have gone out there and gone 30 for 30 for 400 yards. I think he could have gone two for eight like Cam did. And like, I I don't think it matters. None of it matters, but there were some great throws and we already knew that Bo Nix could do that. He's got the arm talent to do whatever he wants. It's just, can he put it all together? And I think he's got a great coaching staff around him that can help him do that. But I don't think just because of what we saw on Saturday, all of a sudden it's, all right, it's Bo Nix's time to shine. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope I hope people at the end of the season are able to say, Zach, you're an idiot. You should have gotten on board earlier. I hope that's what happens. I, I really, really do. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I, think, I think his junior year, I guess, are we calling this his junior year? Because last year didn't count. Whatever this year is for him. Um, because I think Auburn does have him listed as a junior, which is weird how they're doing that, but that's fine. I think I think this will be his best season by far. I think he will take a huge step. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't want people listening to this to think I'm some Bo Nix hater because I'm not. But uh, what about the defense, Lindsay? One thing I said about the defense was I was amazed by how normal the new scheme looked. I mean, they looked really comfortable in it, especially the front seven. Yeah, they have adapted very quickly. Uh, they had some big moments. I mean the the D line has worked on tackling. You could tell they were going in there and especially for spring, they were hitting guys hard. They were coming in, uh, you know, the linebackers look good all the time, but the defensive line looked really good. They were in their run fits, which you wouldn't necessarily expect being a brand new scheme. And there were a couple individual guys who flashed. I mean, smoke, smoke Monday. We knew he's good. He was around all day, but Kamal hadn't. I don't know necessarily where Kamal Haddon came from. You haven't heard his name talked about a lot in the offseason. He looked yeah, fantastic. He did. Chris Thompson Jr. was out there just destroying people. He had a huge tackle for loss on Shivers. 
a big hit on Tank Bigsby. Like, I think he forgot it's a spring game. And then defensive MVP walk on from Auburn High, Trey Elston. Six tackles, broke up a deep ball touchdown pass. It, it, I feel good about – if I feel good about any unit on this team, it's the defensive backs. We have so much depth. We have so many guys at the high level and or who look like they're ready to play at a high level. You're right. I mean, Kamal Haddon is like arguably the fifth or sixth corner on this team, but he's ready to play. I mean, Derek Mason talked about that. He's like a kid in a candy store with all these linebackers and corners that he has. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, then the whole Chris Thompson thing, a lot of people had him as a starter if they kept Tennyson at nickel, and they haven't really done that. Tennyson's been playing safety. So it's like, where does that, you know, what does that look like with that rotation with the two safeties? Because, like, you're not going to take smoke off the field. So what does the rotation between Tennyson and, you know, Chris Thompson look like? That's fun. Um, as far as guys that stood out to me on the defensive side of the ball, honestly, it was Chandler Wooten to me because I think he was a huge reason why the second team defense was able to really go toe to toe with the first team offense. I mean, I think they did a good job on the line of scrimmage. I mentioned that earlier, but Chandler Wooten was all over the field. I mean, the fact that he is not a starting linebacker for Auburn tells you how stacked they are at the linebacker position. Yeah, he's like that that sixth man in, in basketball yeah. that comes in and just runs your second unit and there's no drop-off. I mean, he absolutely is that. I feel comfortable that if any if we were to lose Owen Papo or Jacoby McLean, that Chandler Wooten's going to come in. You're not going to notice any drop-off whatsoever. And having him you know, as a leader there with the backups is not only going to help this season on depth, but it's going to help all of these young guys we have in that room. You know, showing like, look, this is a guy who is – a great player and he's taken a role he's arguably better than that role but he's taking it he's running with it and he's making sure the job gets done it's teaching them the right way to play the game the right way to to prepare and to be ready in case you have to step up um i and also we found out that his nickname is woo woo which i just think is fantastic yeah yeah apparently zakobi called him that so that's fun that's cool no, and, and I just want to say on Chandler Wooten for just one second, or woo-woo, I, I don't think I'm calling him that. I don't think I'm going to do that. That sounds weird saying. We'll see. We'll workshop it. <laughs> um, but how easy would it be for him to opt out of here then come back and, you know, be a starting caliber player and to be, like, stuck with all the, like, you know, the second team and just kind of to, to mope? I mean, it would be so easy for him to do that. And he's like, no, I'm going to lead this group because that's who I am. And he's leading this team. He sounds like he's killing it in the locker room. So props to Chandler Wooten. I mean, that is a big deal. That is a big, big deal. Lindsay, is this the most 8A thing in the world? But I think you can make the argument that Sean Shivers looked better than Tank Bigsby on Saturday. It's 8A. It doesn't matter. I know Tank was uh, offensive MVP, but most of his yards came from that one big play and I don't want to take that one big play away from him but as far as like fit in this offense and you know just that one cut and then just attack the hole Sean Shivers does not care that he is tiny he does not care about your feelings he is going to truck you and I think in this system he is all about it I am all in on Sean Shivers in this system. I'm all in on you giving him 8 to 10 carries a game behind Tank Bigsby's 12 to 15. I'm all in. This is the one-two punch in the SEC, and it it may be the best one-two punch in the conference based on what I saw Saturday. That is my overreaction from Saturday. Sean Shivers put on 10 pounds, and he, 
he runs like he's a bowling ball of knives just going downhill. His I neck mean, is going to disappear it's, it's, by the end of the season, Lindsay. <laughs> Where did his neck go? I, it is surrounded by muscles, Zach. <laughs> he is he is an angry, muscular bowling ball of knives. I love it. That is going downhill. I mean, it is. It, it almost feels like it's not fair. Like, if this was NCAA, somebody would be like, okay, how, how did you get two guys this good? Somebody would have transferred. Somebody would have left. How did you do this? Um, it's, so he, we saw him run downhill. We saw him break tackles. We saw him still hit the Jets. He's still just as fast as he was last year. I mean, he, he ran so hard on Saturday that Xavier McKinney felt it. I don't know if you know this. I saw, I saw the tweet. Xavier McKinney actually just stood up and, you know, and like said, he felt like a great disturbance in the force. Rumor has and it his he, helmet he is still that. in the air. It's actually the fastest object known to man. Like his helmet is leaving his head. We clocked that the fastest object known to man. Yeah, I mean, nothing's ever hit the speed of light, but that came really close. Yeah, it was really close. Uh, it's it. It is. I believe it has almost left the solar system. I'm trying to remember. It was close to overtaking Voyager. So wild. <laughs> Lindsay, where can people find you, my friend? I am at Auburn Banker on all the socials and in the Discord. Sweet. Thanks for talking football with me. I just, I couldn't do baseball right now. It's been too long of a week. I couldn't do it. I get it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tune in tomorrow. It'll be a Charlie Tuesday. If you're into that sort of thing. A lot of you are. I don't get it. I don't think he's that great. But whatever. Follow me on Twitter at Z Black or be the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. See you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.